Merkel Media. I guess it's time to go back in time. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Time is but a stubborn illusion. I have a lot of memories of the past. People are time traveling within themselves. Time travel is possible. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long, bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast. And spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge, and I blow this head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Okay, I'll reload it. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the connection section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me. Just get a hold of me. Now, this week's Art Bell iTunes five-star rating and reviews is Stephanie Grant. I only review the best chaotic philosopher, Erica Solis, find another name, Little Lotus of Death, Lakita, Miami Merit, Bologna Slice, Mestaco, Robbie USMC, Kang Life, and Manitoba Sasquatch. Thanks so much for going to iTunes and leaving the rating and review. It definitely means a lot to me that you guys are willing to support the show in that way. Moving on to the Patreon shoutouts. This is for anybody who goes to patreon.com forward slash the confessionals and signs up to become a patron, gets a shout out on the following week's show. And I want to let everybody know we are going to be moving from Patreon to a membership base on the website where you will get an extra show a week for members only access to forums and a bunch of other cool stuff that I'll be creating over time. But for this week's shout outs for the Patreon is Ethan C., Shell and Stu and Juan K. Thank you very much for going to Patreon and signing up to become a patron to help support the show. And like I said, we are going to be moving to memberships only on the website very soon. So if you've been thinking about becoming a patron, maybe you want to hold off for a little bit and become a member. 
Either way, I'm fine with you supporting the show, and I want to thank you very much. Now, this week we have Norm coming on, and Norm actually is from my home state of Pennsylvania, and he's had a lot of paranormal experiences, and one of the things that he talks about is this kind of forgotten graveyard that he went to go visit to one night, and some crazy things happened, so let's get into it right now. I was in high school, so you're talking mid-90s. So there's usually about three or four of us. There were several people that mentioned, oh, if you guys are looking for something really cool, go out to this graveyard. It's, you know, I swear it's haunted. And, you know, so we had heard this from three people, three different people that didn't know each other. And this is the age before, you know, the Internet and everything, you know, so... Communication was just basically verbal. So I thought, we got to check this place out, you know? And we would stay out late back then, you know? And he would usually drive his car up, and we'd get up, and we found the graveyard, and it's got a... It was like an old church, but I don't even know if they use this church anymore. So this is like 12, 30, 1 o'clock at night. He would drive out, and... We would stop and we would just check it out. You know, we were too chicken to get out or anything, and we just wanted to check it out. You know, hey, we didn't see anything, you know. And we would look, and there were blinds in each of these windows. So we would go out, we'd come back around, maybe stop at the gas station, take another pass past it, maybe half hour later. These blinds were different. The one blind was pulled, the other one's up. We come back, they're the opposite. And we're like, wait a second, wasn't those blinds? Wasn't that one over there? And then we're thinking, oh, maybe we're just imagining, maybe maybe they were like that. We leave, come back another hour later, <laughs> all three blinds are up. So we're like, something's going on. It hits the gas and we were out of there. Okay, today we have a great guest coming on. We have Norm, and Norm is actually a patron of the show. So, Norm, how you doing, man? Hi, Tony. Good. Good, man. So, you've had a lot of different experiences throughout your life here. Uh, they, they all lean towards the paranormal and stuff. But uh, so, you know, I, I was trying to think about how we were going to go about telling these stories and different things like that. And I, even though like your graveyard story is probably the thing that stuck out to me the most, I wanted you to just kind of run things through chronologically so the audience gets to kind of see a picture of the progression of your life and stuff leading up to certain events. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds good. All right, buddy. So uh, start us from the beginning and explain to us you know, the first thing that you've ever really uh, experienced when it comes to the paranormal. Okay. First thing that I ever experienced, this is going back, we're talking uh, early 80s. Um, so I was probably about, I'm thinking at fourth grade. I don't have a definite, you know, age. I, I talked to my mom about it because, you know, I don't even think she really remembers. But it was somewhere in the early 80s. So um, I had two of my friends over at my parents' house at the time. And um, we were having a sleepover. 
you know, uh, staying up late. I think it was like a Friday or Saturday night. You know, you know, there was no score or anything. So we were kind of all hopped up on pop and pizza and staying up late watching movies. And I can remember that my mom was, you know, like, come on guys, you know, it's time to get to bed. You know, guys are going to be up half the night. So I know it was late. And usually my parents, you know, would stay up late because my dad at the time worked a midnight shift and usually he was sleep during the day and usually for the majority of times you know on the weekend stay up late because he his body was used to that schedule so i can remember that you know we were in the living room at the time and the lights were out my mom kept coming out and saying hey you know you know we want to go to sleep you know you guys need to calm down turn the tv off try to get some sleep you know so i know for them usually they were up till about one or two in the morning you know going to bed so they were in bed trying to to get some sleep. So I know we were really up late, you know, horsing around and drinking. I can remember we had two liters of pop. We were just down and just being <laughs> kids and everything. So, you know, so, um, so we were, I can remember we were throwing like paper. We had some paper. We were balling up and kind of throwing, tossing back and forth. And, uh, one of my friends, he was making like paper airplanes and he was throwing and, uh, and, you know, we were just having fun and for some reason. We just happened to look over. I don't know if it was one of them or me, but I remember looking and we all at the same time in my doors, my doors on my parents' house, they were like a double door and they were like almost like a picture window. It was all glass, but it had kind of like a window pane sort of thing going through it. But you could see from, you know, top to bottom. And these were big doors, probably about six foot, six and a half foot. I don't know how big they were. But at the very, very top of the window, there were what appeared to be two red glowing eyes. I mean, like, illuminated, like, it wasn't any shine from anything, but it was, you know, crystal clear what it was. They were eyes, and they were looking in the, the window. So, of course, they freaked out, started yelling. I got up, ran to my mom and dad's bedroom. You know, this time, I think they had just had enough of it because we were carrying on so much. I'm like, there's something out there, something out there. Of course, you know, by the time my mom gets out of bed, puts her glasses on, walks out, there's nothing there. You know, she's putting the lights on, she looks outside, she opens up the door. And, you know, all of us were all freaked out. And, you know, being that we were younger, she's probably just thinking that we're just seeing stuff, making stuff up, you know, just being kids. So that would be the first experience. But going back to that story, the two red eyes that were looking in, I mean, if somebody asked me what they were, I would say eyes. They were placed very high at the door. So whoever or whatever it was looking in our door had to be tall. And, you know, at the very top of the door. Now, at this age, uh, my friend, I'm still friends with him to this day. He had two sisters. And, you know, I'd always thought, well, maybe it was somebody playing a joke. But I don't think anybody would come up two o'clock in the morning, especially like my good friends, two sisters, because they were off doing other things. And I don't think they knew at the time that he was, you know, staying over or if they'd even put the effort into even Karen, uh, the other kid, he was a childhood friend. He had younger brothers. So, and I don't even think his parents really knew exactly they knew where my house was, but I don't think anybody, you know, cause we, I'd run this through my head millions of times trying to figure out, what it could have possibly been. And back in the 1980s, like 
there's not a lot of technology like they have now. I mean, you go to the Halloween store right now and you can find a mask that the lights light up and, you know, they have all kinds of different effects and everything. But back in the eighties, I know back in that time, we had like the cheap plastic, like the vacuum formed masks with the gum bands on them. And I don't think we really had too much elaborate sort of things like that, you know, back around this time. So, I mean, we were all convinced. I mean, we all, you know, for several weeks later, you know, going to school and playing and stuff, you know, we were always talking about, you know, what was that, you know? Now, the next day my mom went out, you know, she looked around, she didn't notice anything. It was, I believe, during school or, I, I know it wasn't like snow, so there was no way you could see tracks or anything, but there wasn't anything that she noticed that was weird. And the other thing about my house now, this is what I've always thought about, too. We have a we had a porch at the time on my house. And when my friends would come over and I would run up the steps, you, this porch would vibrate the whole house. And my dad would work midnight. And my mom was constantly yelling at me and telling, you know, my friends when they come trudging up the steps, trying to take it easy. Because it's like, I don't know, you know, it was an older house. It would like echo through the house and it would always wake my dad up, like running up the steps. So even if it was someone playing games, they wouldn't have known about the steps because if you kind of run up, you can hear it echo through the house. And we never heard anything at this time. We never heard just anything. We just happened to look over. It was like almost like we knew something was watching us. Like you get that feeling like somebody's there and you just happen to look. And we all kind of looked at the same time. Now, as far as this thing, like if it made an echo, you know, of from the steps leaving, we don't know because they were yelling and I ran. So unless this thing, whatever it was, or this person or whatever vaulted over the porch was what, which is like about a seven foot drop. So I don't know, but I always found that fascinating because no, you know, any, even if the UPS guy would come around, you know, he'd hear him clomping up the steps. You'd have to like, kind of be very, you know, easy walking up the steps, especially when my dad, because I was always getting yelled at about that. So that's what I always found fascinating that whatever came up or whoever came up the steps, we didn't hear anything. So, and what's really fascinating, Tony, during this time, uh, we had a lot of paranormal kind of like Bigfoot sightings around here. And Stan Gordon, I've heard you mention him. He was notorious for, you know, the Pennsylvania to have conventions, and I'd heard of him. But we, during these years, we had a lot of activity. I would hear it from my dad, you know, he'd come home from work, and a, a lot of guys around this area all worked together at this foundry, and I would hear about, oh, yeah, somebody's seeing this down here and that. And I went back on the Stan Gordon's website one time, and you can go back into his archives. I don't know if it's still there, but quite some time ago and all these around this period, there was a lot of Bigfoot activity that was tied to this area, yeah. which I find very fascinating. Also around this time. Now I think this was after this happened. I don't believe it happened before it about a mile and a half down the road. Uh, I went to school with a girl. I'm friends with her. I mean, on Facebook, I don't really talk to her, but, um, she was like a straight A student. We were in grade school. I mean, she'd tell on you if you did anything wrong or anything. So she was, you know, like one of those people that she didn't get in any kind of trouble or anything. Uh, she had a sister and I guess the mother were at the house 
And, you know, the husband, I guess he was a state police officer. So anyway, I guess supposedly they spotted a Bigfoot sitting on a pile of logs behind their house, got up and walked off. And the reason I know about this, because I believe it was on the uh, local news here. And I mean, we were all really freaked out at that time. I mean, after all that happened, I mean, we were afraid to go out at night. And, you know, if I'd go visit my friends back in these days, you would, you know, I don't know how it was, Tony, when you were younger, but back then you would go and from the minute the sun rose and then when the sun would start oh, going yeah. down, you'd hear people's parents hollering their name and you'd, yep. <laughs> you know, you'd hide till at home or you'd get in trouble. But I can remember when the sun would go down, I would hightail it to the house because, you know, I had that, that memory of that, that Bigfoot. So I guess in my head, you know, with all this happening, you know, and hearing about Bigfoot sightings, I guess I kind of just assumed it may have been a Bigfoot or something. I never thought that, you know, the years since, you know, there's the dog man, the moth man, uh, you know, I don't know if they have, I've heard that they say about Bigfoot have like red eyes or something. And I heard also about Mothman having glowing eyes and, or who knows, maybe it was like, you know, a spirit or something. But in my mind, it always struck me as it was like a Bigfoot or something that was looking in. That's what I had entrenched in my mind. I mean, I just, I guess I never really thought anything else. I guess we just automatically thought it was Bigfoot because we had just so much activity at that time through the eighties. Like it was like the early eighties through the mid eighties. We had a lot of activity around here. You know, you would hear just, and this is before the internet and you know, everything you would just hear stories. Oh yeah. So-and-so said, you know, he spotted something back there. And if I'm correct, I think there used to be a guy up over the hill that would shoot at it. I don't know, but my dad would tell me these stories and I'd hear from, you know, my friend's dad, you know, just some stories like that, you know, but that, was the first thing that I ever really encountered like that. I mean, as far as paranormal goes, I think there was a show that in search of with Leonard Nimoy that we yeah. used to watch and there wasn't too many ghost shows, but I mean, you know, I might've seen Bigfoot on that, but I started hearing about all this stuff going on around here. So I don't know, for some reason, I just kind of think it may have been tied to Bigfoot. I don't know. I still, it's still to this day, I still have no idea what I was looking at. Now, it's funny. One of the kids that was at the sleepover, he moved away, you know, a few years after that. And I, I have no idea where he went or anything. The other kid that I grew up with, he was like a childhood friend. He actually works with me. So we're still friends to this day. And a few years back, he goes, remember those eyes that looked into your door? And I just, I got shocked. I was like, Oh my God, you still remember that? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, that did happen. Didn't it? He's like, yeah. He's like, remember you, you know, you ran in and got your mom and I had just, it's like, kind of like it happened, but it's it, when you experience something like that, it's almost like you don't talk about it too much. It's kind of weird, you know, almost like it's just it doesn't make sense. Like we never really talked about it much, but yeah, he, has you know great memory of it and he said yeah there was two red eyes looking in your door <laughs> and i'm like wow he's like i thought you know so it's obviously just not me seeing things i you know for us being kids and just imagining things yeah at least it's confirmation for you yeah so what that was i'll never know but i guess you could kind of say that you know 
at the time, for a long time, I kind of just thought maybe it was a Bigfoot or something because we had heard so much about Bigfoot around this area. And, you know, it just still doesn't make any sense how it was so quiet coming up the porch or, and that's what I mean. Like we didn't have any other, you know, we were younger then. It's not like we were, anybody was up to any kind of like, you know, teenage kind of like horseplay and screwing around. And, you know, I mean, we were young and I don't think anybody's ever done anything like that. And I don't even know if they had that technology back then. I'm sure they had some sorts of lights, but I mean, these were placed. And they just, like, they were eyes, you know, and they were at the very top of the door. And I believe that door, I mean, none of us, my family, we're a little shorter, but none of us, you know, can reach the top of that door. So I'm going to say it's, you know, six foot at least to the top of that door at the time. Yeah, I mean, most door, most doors are taller than six feet. I mean, I'm six feet and I usually have like a good six to eight inches before I hit the top of the doorway. So, I mean, you're talking about something pretty tall. Yeah. I'm, I'm just guesstimating. I'm, I'm sure it was probably just their standard door size, but I mean, this, it was like glass and it was at the very top of it. And even then it's like, well, how would somebody be even that tall? You know, I mean, you know, it just didn't make any sense. And, you know, I don't, I've always wondered, I don't think there was any kind of things like that back then. I know now they have all sorts of stuff, but I, you know, besides your typical flashlight and stuff like that, I just don't really think there was anything like that. But that was one of my first encounters and that happened early eighties. I'm going to say probably uh, 83, maybe 82, 83, something like that. I'm just guessing here. I never, you know, I have really no idea. Somewhere around there. And that's when all that Bigfoot stuff was going on. Now, a few years after that, and then with all the stories, and then there was the the state cop's wife and two daughters that had the story with them sighting a Bigfoot. I can remember laying in my bedroom, and the, and the window was open. Now, back then, I didn't know a lot about Bigfoot. and you know, like listening to Bigfoot shows and, you know, things on TV and internet and everything. They say about those, those howls and those screams. Well, I had heard it was a school night. I remember laying in my room and I had my window open and it sounded like a woman was screaming like bloody murder. And this was like in the middle of the night and I was scared. I didn't know what to think. I thought maybe just somebody was out, you know, carrying on partying or something. But the more I heard it, it sounded like a girl, like, uh, like a woman screaming. And then, you know, I never know what to make of that. It was freaky. And then years later, I've heard people mention that on, you know, maybe your show, Wes's show or something, but, and then heard recordings, which is similar to that, which would be a Bigfoot. And around that area, that went way back. We had like a, there used to be an old coal mine back behind my house. It goes down by a river and train tracks and there's nothing but woods back that way, which would even make it, you know, make you scratch your head at the time because there was nobody in that vicinity living for, you know, so many miles and who would be out in the middle of nowhere screaming at the middle of the night, you know, it was really freaky. And I remember that, but those are some things that happened when I was young. As, and that's the 
you know, I'd never seen anything after that, you know, looking at my parents' door, no one else in the neighborhood, you know, that I ever heard of had anything like that. They have no idea what that was. None. I'll probably never know, you know, and I guess I just kind of, something like that that happens, you just don't really think too much about it, I guess, because you don't know what to make of it. You know, it's kind of weird. And then, of course, if you tell anybody, then people just make it like it's, it's a joke, you know? Right. I mean, that's a, that's the problem with a lot of this stuff is that, you know, it's not like something you can just go around talking and trying to find answers about because most people are going to look at you yeah. and have 10 heads. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't really told, I haven't really told anybody this story. And I was talking to my mom. I said that I was going to come on the show and I said, you remember that? And she goes, I think she's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. I said that, you know, but this was a long time ago. And she's like, Oh, she's like, I, I think maybe you mentioned something one time, <laughs> but I don't know. But that's ever since then. And then it's like, and even if on, if you go onto Stan Gordon's website, if he still has his archives on there, it's like it dissipated, you know, maybe from like the mid eighties on, then it's like, so if there are Bigfoot or anything like that, it's almost like maybe they just move around. And it was like those years that it was in our area. We also had a pizza shop down there too, between my house and that state cop's wife. So maybe it was hitting the dumpster up for food. You know, maybe that's the only thing I can think of, you know, because we live out in the country. There's really nothing out here. So, I mean, I don't know, but, that would be the uh, the first encounter that I have for the first story. Now, leading into the second one, uh, I moved into this house here. See, I grew up with my parents next door. We had a, uh, a very close friend of the family live here who was older and he passed away. And uh, well, we got the house and then I got it and moved in. So. I live next door to my parents, but he passed away. And this is a very old house too. I'm probably, it's got to be about a hundred years old. I mean, you try to do any kind of work in here and put nails into the wood. It just, the, the nail just like turns over the wood. So old. I mean, they got it from the sawmills and, you know, just from the trees back then. Yeah. So that's how old this house is. Um, so I ended up, I didn't move in there until 2000. So he passed away in 1995. So there was like a five-year window where my parents got the house because he didn't have a lot of family that lived around here. And, you know, they had to do whatever and they got it because he kind of left it to them and everything. But I don't want to get too personal, but that's kind of what happened. And for several years, you know, they just kind of would maintain it, look, keep on the upkeep of it, just check everything out once in a while. But for the most part, for five years there, it was just locked up. So I worked second shift, uh, before I, uh, went to first that I work now. So this has got to be late nineties and 98, at least 98. Cause that's when I started second shift. So I would come home and my dad was on his midnight shift and my mom was usually in bed and, um, I would, you know, get something to eat or something or go out on the porch or, you know, whatever. And I did smoke back then. So, uh, usually I would go out on the, my parents' porch and smoke a cigarette. So the one night, 
I just happened to look over and the house would be on your right side that I'm in now. And there was like an exterior light that would come on. One of those lights that come on when the sun goes down to just keep watch on it. But there was nothing off. I think they had the electricity shut off. I'm not sure. But I happened to look up and you can see the bathroom from their house. And I happened to notice a light in the bathroom. So I thought it was a, we have a hill and cars come down. And sometimes the cars will shine light into the windows as they're coming down. Sometimes you'll see it before you see the car. So I just assumed it was a car. So I kind of looked back and I just seen one light. I didn't see two. And I was like, well, oh, that's funny. I wonder if somebody's out walking around maybe in the neighborhood, you know, because it's like it reflects from the neighborhood. I'm looking around. I don't see anything. And, you know, it was probably midnight because I didn't get home till, you know, 1130 or something. I'm looking around, looking around. I'm not making anything of it. And I kept looking over and trying to figure out what this light is. And I'm like, I walked off the porch. I'm looking up the hill. I don't see any cars. I don't see anybody like in their driveway. And there's not a whole lot of houses around here either. I didn't see anybody walking around. So then I came back up on the porch and I'm watching. And you could see like they had sheer curtains in there. So you could kind of see through it. And what I seen was just, it looked like an orb, a classic orb. So I'm watching this and the orb is, it's moving. It's, I'm, I'm seeing it move around in the bathroom and it's like it, uh, it was like almost like pulsating. It's like it, it lost some power and then it got more, it got brighter then it got a little bit, but this thing was moving. Like it was like moving within that room. It was, and I, I keep looking and I'm, I'm like, what in the world is this? And I could kind of see the inside of the bathroom illuminated because I, I came off the porch and, you know, went midway through the house and I'm a big chicken and stuff. You know, I wasn't getting close to it. You know, I don't know what's going on, but you know, I mean, I was concerned because I, you know, you know, if somebody broke in the house or something, I was going to tell my mom, but nothing. I mean, it was like this thing and it moved high, very high. Then it came low and it just kind of, just shifted around in there and it just it's like it when it went out it it, it didn't like just shut off it just kind of like it uh it like slowly faded out then it got real bright and i was like i i couldn't believe what i was saying i was like that's got to be an orb or something i mean the first thing it's got to be a spirit that's the only thing i could think now you know i'd seen some ghost shows so i'd but that wasn't my first reaction of what I thought I was looking at, but very, very strange. And I kind of said to myself, well, maybe it's just his spirit in this house, you know, and I kind of got weirded out. I never said anything to my mom about it. Um, I did, you know, in the, you know, I didn't see anybody around. You'd hear cars coming and this. We have like a dead end drive. So it wasn't like anybody was in the house or anything. I didn't hear anything. And, uh, the next day I walked up, not, nobody's around, you know? So I just never really said anything. Cause I figured my mom probably would think I was crazy or something. My mom, she doesn't really believe in any of that stuff. So, you know, she goofs on me about Bigfoot and, you know, stuff like that. So I don't even welcome to the club. Yeah. 
yeah, it's like, you know, oh, well, you know, how, if there's a Bigfoot out there, how come he's never been found? Or, <laughs> oh, you know, ghosts, some sure it's just, you know, it's an old house settling in. And Yeah, I understand that. And I'm not somebody that jumps the gun thinking it's something else. You know, I kind of, I don't know. What I seen that night, there was a second thing that I seen that was very bizarre. I mean, could it have been something else? I have no idea, but this thing was like it was in the bathroom illuminating it. And it was like, it was so hard to describe. Like it was like, it was given off a glow and it would fade. Then it would get very bright. So I just kind of figured at the time, I'm, I'm like, maybe that's a ghost, you know I mean? And I mean, I'm not one to, you know, think that they don't exist. I think that there's so much out there and so many people were seeing things. There's gotta be something to it, you know? So, that happened. And then when I moved in in 2000, uh, this place was, you know, it needed a lot of work. It still needs a lot of work. It's an old house. But, you know, we just got the bare essentials, a couch and everything and a TV. And, you know, so I would still work in second shift. And a lot of times on Saturday mornings, I would sleep because I would stay up half the night on second shift. You'd stay up half the night and then sleep half the day, and I would go hurry up and get in my car and go to work. So usually on Saturdays, I would stay in bed till about 11, 30, 12. And then I'd be up, you know, probably like 2, 3 in the morning and, you know, to be on that cycle. So it seems like, and it's very bizarre, it seemed like it was only on the weekends I heard this. But I'd be in my bedroom, and there used to be a porch here. We had a very old porch that I tore off and put another small porch on. But the person that lived here, you know, that passed away, always would be on the porch, walking around. And, you know, he was an older guy and drank a beer or something. Or he'd be a real nice, easygoing guy to talk to and everything. I would hear on this porch, I would hear like what I only could be described as like just somebody shuffling around on the porch. And I could hear it plain as day because the window's right there. And I'd look out and I would always think it was like maybe one of my friends coming over or my mom stopping up to see how I'm doing or something. But there'd never be anybody. And it's really crazy, Tony, because it it was like in the middle of the day and the sun would come in. So it wasn't like I was scared or anything. But I would always, it, it's just like you would hear somebody just kind of casually shuffling, shuffling around on the porch. And this was an older porch. So if you move, you can hear it. And it just sounded, you know, I mean, many, many times I heard it. I never really heard it much during the week, which I found weird because I would sleep in and then I would get up and get ready to go to work uh, to be there for two. I never heard it, but it, it seemed like it was always on Saturday morning. You, you would just hear this casually, just casually shuffling around. And I found that very strange, but, you know, I never seen anything, but I just, I could never never figure it out. And I, you know, I have an old attic and everything, but it's not like anything fell or anybody was up there. There's only one entrance to the attic and it's through my bedroom. So, I mean, what was that? I don't know. I mean, it just sounded like someone would just casually shuffle around on the porch. So, I mean, I would say it's, it's sounded like footsteps, you know? And I mean, even that, I just kind of forgot. I never said anything to anybody. You know, because it's, I mean, who's going to listen to you? Who's going to believe you? And I was just there at the time. So, I mean, it just, I just never brought it up. So that happened. And then 
I, I did send you the picture. I don't know if you still have it, but for Father's Day, uh, my, my son got me a, uh, uh, I like the Universal Monsters, the Bela Lugosi Dracula figure. And if any of your listeners want to look it up, it's a Jack's Pacific. It was made by Jack's Pacific, and I think it came out in the mid-2000s. And it's like a figure that comes with like a little casket and everything, and it has like an archway with a bat that hangs on a, like a little like rubber sort of springy gum band sort of thing. And I would put, I still to this day put them up on my uh, entertainment stand and he'd always fall over. So what I would do is I would kind of wedge his head under that archway. And because my son at that time was younger, he'd be running around and everything would fall over. So I'd make sure that that would be snug and secure and wouldn't fall over. So I can remember I was sitting here in my living room, Fourth of July to be, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was Fourth of July. So this is probably 2005, I'm thinking, because I think that came out in 04 when that Van Helsing movie came out, something like that. And those figures came out and I wanted them. And, you know, my mom and son went and got it for me for Father's Day. So it was Fourth of July. I remember my parents were next door. I was looking out the window, and they had some people over, you know, some company and stuff, and they were looking in the garden and everything. And I was sitting there watching TV. Well, my Dracula figure was to my right on my entertainment stand, and out of peripheral vision, I seen something go flying. And I looked straight over, and my Dracula was laying face down. The bat was swinging like. It, it, it's like it just didn't fall over. It's like something went up and smacked it real hard and it went fly, you know, it fell like went flying down. Like, and I was, it alarmed me, but again, I wasn't scared because, okay, maybe, maybe it just, the pressure, maybe it kind of like just wobbled out and fell, but it fell really hard and really fast. And that make a, you know, it was, it was almost like something hit it. And then I'm thinking, okay, well maybe it's just a, you know, Tony, I would always kind of look at it like, okay, what could it have been? You know, like, was it a mouse that ran through there? Well, I don't know if a mouse would be able to dislodge that because I've since put it up since it happened and like kind of tapped it. And you've got to like smack this thing to get it to fall out. But I remember that happened and I have no idea. It's one of the strangest things I've ever seen, but I've seen it just out of the corner of my eye like violently getting thrown down, you know, like something hit it. So, I mean, I wasn't really scared again because it was like broad daylight. And, and like I said, I, I remember it was on the 4th of July cause I was off of work and I was sitting here watching TV. And I remember I did tell my mom that. And of course she said, well, it's probably just fell over. You know? So I just left it at that. Okay. Yeah. It's probably just fell over. And the only other things that I would hear stuff drop in other rooms, but again, I mean, it could be anything. Who knows? You know, we had a duck. We got a duck soap dispenser. And when you would press the head, it would quack. <laughs> My son liked it. I liked it. So we were in the living room one day and we were watching TV. And this was all around this time. And we heard that duck quack. And he looks at me and I looked at him and he goes, uh, did you hear that duck? And I'm like, I heard the duck. <laughs> so we got rid of the duck. I got, I took the batteries out <laughs> and everything. But again, I mean, could it have been maybe just, I don't know, maybe a battery acting up or something, but it was very strange. 
Very, very strange. And it seems like everything came from that bathroom with the exception of a Dracula. I would always hear stuff falling, you know, over the years till even today. I mean, I haven't heard anything for a while, but it seems like stuff in my bathroom would always fall, you know, like, and I said, well, maybe just the soap was in the shower. It fell over my body wash. But then again, I mean, it wasn't really that wet, you know, like I just, but it seems like, and that's the same bathroom that I had witnessed that orb, if that's what it was, you know, prior to moving in here. Uh, so yeah, I just never, I just kind of wrote that off as like, well, maybe just, you know, who knows, you know, but that's the activity that I've had here. Now I've never seen anything with a smoking gun other than the Dracula falling over. And I still don't know how that happened. I really don't. So it's the eyes in the Dracula thing. Those are two things that I'll never be able to explain. And, uh, you know, I kind of wonder just what it was, you know? Yeah, and with that Dracula thing, the way you described it, if just imagine there being somebody that you just can't see standing there. Did it almost seem like it was like, like swatted off, but also pushed down, like almost like it was thrown to the floor? Because you you described it almost as if it like seemed like it was forced, you know? Yeah, yeah, it was. It. I mean, it. it my son, you know, he was young. He'd be throwing stuff in the house. He'd be running around. He wasn't there at the time. He was next door. I was here by myself, so there was nobody around, but I would purposely put stuff and make sure anything valuable or anything, or like the figure, the figures was always falling over and you could hear them fall over and you just go and pick them up. This was if somebody like just took their hand and smacked it violently and it went flying, like it hit real hard and went flying down on the floor and the bat to the, was on the side in the archway. It was like, I can remember watching that swinging back forever. Like, so it's like almost like something really like you'd almost have to like somebody smack it because I've set it up before, you know, after that and tried to mimic what it did. And the only thing that would do that is if you took it and smacked it really hard. And, you know, cause I thought, well, maybe this is an older house. You know, I've had mice in here before. Maybe a mouse got up there or something ran through there and hit it. But where would the mouse go? Because there's no back, there's a backing to my entertainment span, you know, it just didn't make any sense. But yeah, like you were saying, it, it came out on the floor. So it's like, it was lodged in there really tight. And this thing hasn't, hadn't moved for a long time, you know? I mean, even with him jumping on the floor and jumping off the couch and throwing balls through here and everything, I mean, nothing like that ever happened. And I was just casually sitting there watching TV and this thing went flying and I look up and, you know, I heard a, like a whack. I heard a noise. And then it was a Dracula laying on the floor. I don't know. I want to say about two feet out from my entertainment stand. And that bat that's in there was just swinging like violently. Like something had hit it very, you know, for it to swing like that, you know, in that little archway that I have. Yeah, I just, I could never figure that out. And those are, you know... Those are the things that I've encountered in here, um, in this house. I haven't encountered anything in quite a while, but I kind of figured that it may have been the person that was here that knew our family and knew me and everything. And I didn't look at it like it, you know, if there are such a thing as ghosts, it didn't mean any harm. Maybe it was 
some sort of significance to it that it was Fourth of July, and he didn't pass away on Fourth of July either. He had passed away, I believe, in the fall. So maybe it was just, yeah, I don't know. Maybe just like saying hi or something. I don't know. Joking around. That's the only thing. I mean, I never felt any, 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 you know, malicious or, you know, any anything like that. I mean, it shook me up there for a while, but didn't know what to make of it, but it didn't really, like, make me feel threatened or really scared. No, something like that would have happened at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm sure all the lights yeah. would have been on, and I probably would have ran down to my parents' house. It would have been a different story. <laughs> but uh, in the middle of the day, you know, 90-degree day, you know, sun's blaring through. The, you know, I mean, it didn't really phase me. But, I mean, I didn't know. You know, I'm like, okay, what was that? <laughs> you know, that was very strange. But. So those are some things that happened here. And then if you'd like, I can get into the graveyards. Yes, story. please. So I was always fascinated, you know, from, you know, when I was younger, when I seen his eyes and the paranormal shows as into the nineties, you know, we, I had cable. So I, I, there was a show called sightings or something. I think it was on sci-fi channel or something. And it would kind of like show like a UFOs, Bigfoot's ghosts. So, I, I, you know, and I always wanted more, you know, because it was always like half hour, hour and sounding commercials. But I always found it very interesting. And I got fascinated in like paranormal just because it's just unexplained and it's mystery and you want to know what's going on. So I was in high school. So you're talking mid 90s. Junior, I uh, played with a couple of my friends in a band. You know, we played and we'd, we'd always go to the bowling alley and hang out, look for women, you know, the typical teenage thing. <laughs> he had his license. So it was usually about three or four of us. And uh, we knew some girls down there that would hang out. And, you know, a couple of them had, you know, a girlfriend. And we had talked about paranormal. They weren't as gung-ho about it as, kind of, as I was, but it would come up once in a while. And... They mentioned the grave. There were several people that mentioned, "Oh, if you guys are looking for something really cool, go out to this graveyard. It's you know, I swear it's haunted." And you know, so we had heard this from three people, three different people that didn't know each other. And this is the age before you know the internet and everything. You know, so communication was just basically verbal. You know, there was so long. We got to check this place out. You know, and we would stay out late back then. You know. And he would usually drive his car up and we'd get up and we found the graveyard and it's got an, it was like an old church, but I don't even know if they use this church anymore. Uh, I don't know if it was just a maintenance thing, but there are some very, very old graves back there. There, It's so old that there are graves that extend into the woods. So this is very old. We've been there a few times during the day. We checked it out, but mostly we would drive at night just to be spooked out they would stop on the road and we kind of look and we're like, oh man, this is cool, you know? And they had these real long, like the, the traditional, very long uh, windows of the church, you know, on it. And there were blinds. So we would go and there was a pool hall. We would go to so the, the bowling alley was open all night and we had a pool hall. It was open to like maybe two in the morning. So we would shoot back and forth. Hey, you want to go to the graveyard, you know, between trips? Yeah. So this is like 12, 30, one o'clock at night. Chris would drive out the, the driver. I don't think he, it's okay if I use the first name, but yeah, 
he would he would drive out and we would stop and we would just check it out. You know, we were too chicken to get out or anything and we just wanted to check it out. You know, hey, we didn't see anything, you know. And we would look and there were blinds in each of these windows. So we would go out, we'd come back around, maybe stop at the gas station, take another pass past it, maybe half hour later. These blinds were different. The the one blind was pulled, the other one's up. We come back, they're the opposite. And we're like, wait a second, wasn't those blinds wasn't that one over there? And then we're thinking, or maybe we're just imagining, maybe maybe they were like that. We'd leave, come back another hour later. <laughs> All three blinds are up. So we're like, something's going on. Hit, hit the gas, and we were out of there. So we started doing this on the weekends, once in a while, late at night. Hey, let's go out and see this. I want to get some people going with us. We would stop. You know, he had a floodlight, too. And he would, uh, we'd look at it. We never seen anything, anybody or any, anything in the graveyard or anybody looking out the windows or anything. And, but the, the blinds were always different every time we went there and then we would come back, you know, I can remember taking a few other people and they're like, Oh my God, those blinds, they were up that, you know, we came back, let's get out of here. And so we never stuck around. Now there were a few times when we went out there in the daytime and we went into the, this graveyard up to the church to see if the door was unlocked, you know, and it was always locked. So I figured, you know, maybe it's just a utility shed, you know, maybe they just use the, I don't think they used the church. You know, I mean, I, I've never seen anybody there, but then again, I didn't go past it a lot. There's a, a little tiny driveway with gravel that kind of like grass was coming through. So it's like, it wasn't really, I've ever seen anybody really stop there. So there was one day that we stopped there and it was open because we started going there all the time, just showing people, Hey, this is so cool. You know I mean? All this crazy, these windows and everything, the door was open. So I was afraid to walk in. I'm like, I don't, and I, and Tony, I never got in trouble as a kid. I stayed out of trouble and I didn't get any, you know, these kids too, that I hung out with at this time, they didn't really get in any trouble. And I was very scared of walking in. I'm like, no, in my luck, I'll walk in there and a police officer will drive up and then, you know, they're going to think we're in here stealing something. Or... So he's like, ah, oh, just come on, come on, we'll go in real quick. So we walk and they had very old and kind of decrepit, you know, the, the seats in there and they had like the stand there at the front, the pew or whatever you want to call it. And on top of that was a garbage can lid. And in the garbage can lid, there were sticks and somebody had made like a, a typical, you know, your classic pentagram out of, I don't know what it was, like spray paint or something like that. And it was very, very creepy. It was laying right on top of that. And I'm like, let's get out of here. <laughs> so, and this was broad daylight. We left, we locked the door. We used our, uh, you know, our shirts, like our hoodies to open the door. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to have them fingerprint that and say we were in there doing that, you know? Uh, yeah, I, that's all I seen, but it could, you know, we thought, well, maybe it's just teenage kids from around the area, you know, drinking some beer, you know, just doing some crazy stuff. So we seen that and I was, you know, never went back in there, but it was always locked after that, you know? And, uh, whenever you would go out to this place, you never felt comfortable. I mean, even in the daytime, it just, you just got this. I don't know how to describe it. Kind of like a sense of uneasiness, you know, like it just 
as soon as you got approached, this, this was out in the, this church was out in the middle of nowhere. There mustn't, I don't think there's a house within a mile and a half of it. And it's these roads that go to this church are like roads from a horror movie or something. They're like so far back in. They're windy, they're twisty, there's trees everywhere. I mean, if you get lost out there, good luck, you know, and at nighttime going out on these roads, I mean, it is something out of a horror movie. And then you just, you come up into the opening and then there's the graveyard on your left. And it just, a very, just, even daylight, you just, there's an uneasy to it. Um, so I started hanging out with some other friends. We got through high school, you know. That was the extent of it. We seen that, and it was just blinds up and down, you know. But short of seeing that pentagram thing on the garbage can, we just kind of assumed it was uh, teenagers messing around. I'm, you know, teens did that sort of thing, I guess. You know, I don't know who knows. But uh, so then I had another friend that lives right around here at the time, and he had a bunch of brothers and. I had told him about that. So me and him went out one time, just me, him and my ex-girlfriend at the time, like way back. And I remember it had snowed and it was in the morning and we drove out. I just wanted to show my girlfriend at the time. And I wanted to show my friend, I'll call him Scott. I mean, I'm not going to use his last name, but, and we stopped and I would always pull off the side. I never felt comfortable pulling on there because people would, you know, everything has a legend, you know, somebody will show up on your, hood of your car and you know the urban legend but people would always said if you pull onto that ground you'll you know your car will go bad or your motor will go bad well this is you know i just been out of high school and you know just started working and stuff and last thing i can afford is my car so i would always pull off to the side off on the opposing side of the road um so we walked over and there was some snow some snowfall but it was kind of warm and all three of us walked over and there were footmarks through there, through the graveyard, and they looked to be female. And the reason I say female is because my girlfriend was there and she put a boot by the footprint and it looked like it was the size of female. Now, the thing about it is it was bare feet because you could see the toes, you could see, uh, you know, the ridges and everything. And it was like, it just happened like that morning, but it, now that didn't strike me as anything like a Bigfoot or anything. I, we thought it was like a spirit because we, we looked at these footprint and it went completely around the graveyard and it never left the graveyard. It never walked out onto the road. It was in that graveyard. So she got freaked out. And I got freaked out and I said, let's get out of here. <laughs> and this is in the minute, this was in the morning. And I'm like, this is really weird, but this is before like cell phones, you know, I mean, I, they might've had cell phones back then, Tony, but they're probably the size of a refrigerator, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think they had any, you know, I mean, they might've had the pictures that were instant and you had to go get developed or something, but we didn't have anything like, but they were, we all seen it. And it was like, it looked like a, like you could see the toes and everything. It just looked like a female's foot. It was a very small, either that or a child's or something. But it walked all through this graveyard, and we're thinking, who in their right mind would walk through a graveyard with snow there? And it just didn't make any sense. Like, so 
you know, the first thing out of her mouth was like, oh my God, it's a spirit. Let's get out of here. <laughs> so I said, okay, I, I agree. Let's get out of here. So that was that encounter. And then the kid that was with me, Scott, now he was a friend, you know, for years growing up too. He was a little, uh, he liked to, you know, uh, get in a little, I wouldn't say trouble, but he would uh, get in some, not, you know, kind of crazy things. He reminded me of Kramer from Seinfeld. He was kind of eccentric and he was funny to be with, but he would do some insane stuff. He had a brothers, a bunch of brothers that he hung out with. Now, when the brothers came along, eh, they, these guys got out of hand, you know, I mean, and again, I was always staying out of trouble. I didn't get into trouble. If there was trouble, I went the opposite way. These guys were notorious for, you know, getting into trouble, just kind of like juvenile sort of stuff. And mind you, at this time, we're in our 20s, you know, early 20s. So, you know, some of the juvenile stuff that they were doing, you can get in big trouble for. So anyway, these guys, I don't know. I seen the one day you posted something about the WWE or something. Well, we were huge wrestling fans. These guys were the biggest wrestling fans and they did this whole, the NWO with the Hulk Hogan and everything. And I don't know if you remember that, Tony, if you were into that sort of thing or anything. Yeah, it was a little back bit. Back yeah. in the, back in the, the later nineties. So this was around 96, 97. It's before I started my job in 98. So it was like, I'm going to say 96, 97. So when he got together with his brothers, these guys were always into some sort of trouble. You know, and they wore the whole NWO garb. They they took, you know, wrestling serious. Uh, they used to wrestle in their backyard, like actual wrestle, wrestle. I, as a teenager, you know, years before that, I wrestled with them before. And it was like full contact football. I mean, they, <laughs> so these guys would really, you know, they would, they would go to like, a, we'd go to a Kings and hang out half the night, drink coffee and everything. And a group of guys would come in and then they, they would start the uh, NWO. Hey brother, you know, what are you looking at? And I'd have to try to talk them out of it and be like, come on guys. Yeah, we don't need any trouble here. But you know, they were good for starting fights and everything like that. You know, that's the only bad thing when they all got together like that. So we were with them one night and they are, you know, they're not scared of anything. And we took three cars out to this graveyard and this was around, I want to say September, October, around the Halloween season. Uh, Scott, his wife, their young daughter, she was maybe a year old, was in the, the van. They had a van. My car, there was two of them, and there was another car behind us. Well, these guys, oh, we'll go out there and, you know, we ain't afraid of anything. And they, they were some bigger guys. I wouldn't want to, you know, cross them because they would get into fights around that time. I'd heard a lot of stuff about them getting into bar fights and starting trouble and so I felt safe. I'm like, yeah, we'll go out there and look at this graveyard. And, you know, he was saying, yeah, we went back there before. And there's like, you know, there was feet marks and this and that. So he pulls, we go to the graveyard. He pulls into that little driveway there that was coming overgrown. And that's the first mistake. I'm like, oh, I wouldn't pull there. You know, <laughs> I pulled over across the road, and then the other guys pulled. So this was like maybe nine. He had a ton of brothers. There was about nine of us and his wife. And they're all getting out, you know, hey. And I'm like, Scott, I, I wouldn't park there because remember they said about the engine problems and all this and all that? He's like, ah, screw it. Okay. So 
and you know, at the same time, I'm kind of looking around now. There's nothing in the vicinity for a few miles, but I'm kind of, you know, if a police officer goes through there, what is, you know, is he going to think, you know? Right. I mean, these guys are wearing like their leather jackets and the NWO stuff. And, you know, <laughs> they look like a biker gang walking around. And I'm thinking he's just not going to think that we're up there ghost hunting. He's going to think that we're up there, you know, vandalizing. So I was very sketchy, you know, looking around. And they also had a younger brother. He was probably about 16 at the time. And they kind of gave him a lot of crap and, you know, pushed, pushed him around and got on him about being a sissy and this and that. Come on, you got to man up and blah, blah, blah. And so I was next to his brother, Brian, and he had glasses on and he was kind of like a, you know, skinnier and he was scared of his own shadow. So, <laughs> so he stayed next to me and these guys all just walk onto the graveyard. So we're looking around the graveyard, just kind of looking around and his wife's by the van with the baby and everything, you know, not leaving it. She was smoking a cigarette. All of a sudden the baby starts crying. So she starts getting weirded out. She's like, this isn't a good sign. I'm like, Scott, I told you, you shouldn't have parked there. Let's, let's just get out of here. He's like, Oh, I'm not scared of nothing. So we're walking through the graveyard and then these guys start taking cigarette butts and throwing and the other one had a beer from the car. And I'm like, Oh boy, this isn't good. This reminds me like something out of a horror movie where things are going to go south. You know, <laughs> even Scott said, dude, he's like, why do you have a beer out here in the graveyard? Don't disrespect the dead. Just as he said that his, his bigger brother goes, look at this guy like that. And he points back into the woods. Now, as I said, the graves extend part ways into the woods there. We see what looks like a guy standing there, like, and I want to describe, they look like blue jeans, maybe a jacket or something. And there's this guy there standing and he's watching us. So I'm like, oh, let's, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's get, I don't know who this is. You know what I mean? These guys are full tilt. NWO, come on, come on, brother. You know, they're screaming at him. And I think they start throwing rocks back out there. I'm like, come on, guys, guys, guys. You know, I'm trying to reel them, reel them in to get the heck out of there. So we're watching this. His wife goes, Scott, just get these guys to calm down because they're starting to go full tail here. She reaches in and pulls her uh, high beams on, on the van, shining in that direction. And we don't see anything. So we're kind of sprawled across and looking from different angles. And they're like, where'd he go? Did he be high behind a tree or something? And I'm looking and I'm like, I don't see him. I'm like, is he, is he hiding or something? I'm like, maybe we should get out of here, you know? And they turned the lights off and then we seen this guy again. Now, I don't think, you know, to me, it didn't look like a ghost. It just looked like a guy standing there and you could see he was moving around. So, they're, you know, kind of cat calling this guy, come on, brother, you know, come on, you, and they're welling rocks back there. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if this guy's going to go back to the house and, you know, call cops or something. I'm like, come on, you know, let's just get out of here. But we've seen it. And then <laughs> to the right side of me, out of nowhere, and I mean, out of absolutely nowhere, I see this white thing coming. <laughs> and this thing's moving and we all seen it and brian the the kid that they would give a lot of crap for and kind of pick on and stuff and he was like you know scared a lot 
this thing comes from the right side and it must have been waist level right at us. And we, we screamed and Tony, I'm not proud of it to this day. I, we screamed like two girls. It was like, uh, Shaggy and Scooby. I mean, we screamed. I mean, and if you don't situation like that, you're scared out of your mind. I screamed. Oh my. And here it was a dog. Well, it was like a dog. It was like a big white shaggy. Like, I don't, I'm not good on dogs, but it was like a big dog, a big white dog. And it had like this, like shaggiest hair to it. It came over and we're petting it and everything. But I mean, it scared the heck out of us because all we seen was this white thing advancing out of our, you know, right there, just coming, making a beeline for us. And I mean, we just lost our mind screaming. The next thing I know, these guys are like, oh, come on. Are you guys that sissy? They thought it was Brian, and I never fessed up that I was one of the ones that screamed because they would have never let me <laughs> let down. But they were like, are you, are you that scared? It's just this dog. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe this is this guy's dog, and he's just out here walking. And I'm like, let's just come on. Let's get out of here. But it didn't make any sense because it was very late. And why would this guy be out here with the dog? And we never seen him with the dog unless he just let the dog go. The dog left and went the opposite way down the road and never came back. So, you know, I mean, I don't know what, it, I guess maybe somebody's dog. The person's still there and we're still watching it. And these guys are still yelling and, and screaming and they're starting to get really wound up. So I don't know what happened. We finally got out of there. His wife was getting, the baby's crying and crying and crying. And she's like, come on, let's see. He's like, come on, I got to get the kid out of here. Let's go, let's go, let's go. So these guys are all wound up. And, and we retreated, got in the car, we left. As we're leaving, Scott's driving the van, not more than a half mile down the road, this deer. And I don't know if it was a buck, but it was so strange the way it happened. It's almost like this thing went for his truck and smashed into the side of it, his van. He slams the brakes on. We all stop. The deer pops up and takes off. And really smashed in the side of his car. It was so strange how it happened. Like when I seen it, it looked like a buck, but it, you know, <laughs> it looked like a ram or something that hit his truck at first. And he even said it, it came right for the truck and we were all weirded out. Everybody was scared to death. And I'm like, I told you, you shouldn't have parked on the land. <laughs> we took off. But at that time, when this thing came out of nowhere, it was almost like it was going at his van. And I mean, it smashed his, his, like his quarter panel all in. Did it survive? And the thing popped up. Yeah, it popped right up and took off. It looked to me like it was a buck or something. But at first, it's like the horns were back. Like it was so strange. It had horns. It's like it's, and I'm not a hunter. I don't hunt. I like animals and everything. I've never hunted. There's a lot of people out this way that hunt. I don't know anything about bucks and stuff like that. You know, it had horns. This thing hit it, but the, when I looked at it, it almost looked like, you know, like one of those rams that have the horns that go back and hit this. I mean, it hit it violently too. It's like it. It wasn't like a Tony when it hit its the van. It's like it it didn't like just stumble back. I mean, this is a moving vehicle. It's like this thing indented and the, the truck went, you know, his van rear end, like kind of, you know, fishtailed and it popped back up and it just took off. 
it's like this thing was on steroids or something. And he got out and he's screaming and everything. He's, he's like, my van, my van, my van. He's like, that thing, that thing came. He's like, it, it tried to hit it. And she's in there screaming. And the baby's crying. We're like, okay, just let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. So we went out to King's, our famous meetup place. We all went down to King's and he was convinced that this thing came like what had intent of hitting his vehicle. Well, I don't, you know, I'm sure it just ran out. And he's like, what was that thing? And I'm like, it looked like a buck. I'm like, I don't hunt and stuff, but like it had horns or whatever it was. And, you know, he said it was bigger than that, but I don't know. It just happened so quick. I was concerned because he had his baby in there and his wife and, you know, he was on the driver's side, you know, that they were all okay. But I mean, this thing did some major damage to their van. And what kind of usually, what kind of damage are you talking about here? Are we talking about like a broken window? Are we talking about like just a giant dent? Oh, he! I mean, it was more than that. I mean, he caved this thing in. This thing caved that in. I mean, it's like this son of a gun T-boned it. And you know, I imagine deers can do some damage, but it's like this thing ran right into the side of it and T-boned it. And his butt end of, like went to the side and he slammed his brakes on. I mean, this thing violently hit it. And it popped up. It was like in a sitting position, popped up and hightailed it in the woods. So, you know, I'm the last guy to know anything about deers and bucks and all this and how many points, whatever. To me, it looked like a buck, like a really big buck. He thought it was something else, but it looked like the antlers were like going back, like it was strange, like almost like a, like a ram or something. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah, I get it. Like it was, it was strange. I never seen anything like that in my life. And yeah, he had some considerable damage to his back. He couldn't even get the, uh, he couldn't get it to come out. So he just left it like that, but it was smashed in bad. And he ended up getting rid of that vehicle down the road and got another one. But yeah, I remember that. So, I mean, uh, with, with that whole experience with the graveyard and, and this, uh, whatever it was hitting the van. I mean, are you looking at that as like a paranormal situation here where like there was some kind of entity attacking the van or do you think it was just some, some kind of fluke thing? Uh, a deer that, you know, he, got spooked by whatever was going on in the graveyard. From what I honestly, it's, and I, and I mean, this is going back to the night it happened. It looked to me almost like something like lunged at the van. You know what I mean? We weren't going that fast, you know. Uh, he was convinced he seen something come at him, and it, it was, he was describing like it wasn't a deer. It was like a, I don't know what he was trying to, it, it, it was, it was after his cars. I don't know what he's talking about, but it shot out and it hit it. It didn't look like just a random deer j- jumping out. It's almost like this thing ran at it, hit it. And we were, yeah, at the time, and thinking back, it's almost like it was associated with the graveyard because we weren't that far from it when we left. We left in a panic because these guys had riled up so much after that dog and everybody's screaming and stuff. Now we're really afraid because if anybody's in the general vicinity, they're going to end up calling the police thinking that there's crazy people out there screaming. And, you know, you got them guys thrown. We don't know if this was a guy that was back there. They were throwing stuff at them. And, but like when we were there, we seen it. We didn't see it. Then it was there. Then it wasn't. It was moving. It was like moving towards us, but yet it just looked like a guy standing there. And these guys were all like, oh yeah, this is a tough guy here or something. And 
you know, almost like challenging to a fight or something, you know? This figure, I mean, you don't see it walking, but it seems like it's moving. Like, it's getting, it's like, like almost like a horror film where you're looking at something and it's staying there and then you blink and it's a little closer. It, we could see movement. We all, like, we're watching it. Yeah. You could see a little movement. Like, almost like, you could see it moving because I'm watching a tree. I'm watching a tree and I'm watching it kind of like maybe, like, go shift its weight back and forth. Then it started getting a little closer, definitely getting a little closer. So then she kept putting the light on in the van, which wasn't, it was shining in that direction, but not exactly on it, the way he had his lens. She was hitting the high beams and we weren't seeing anything. And we're like, did this guy duck behind a tree or something? Because they were like, hey, who are you? Who are you? And they did that for a while. And then they started getting agitated, thought it was somebody screwing with them. So then they started getting confrontational and starting chucking stuff back at it and thinking it was just some guy playing games. So they were going to play, you know, okay, you want to be a tough guy? Well, you know, and they start their whole thing where they, you know, want to start fights and everything. And I'm like, come on guys, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. But it was there for a while. We watched it for must've been a good 15 minutes where they were just hollering and screaming and throwing stuff. And it didn't move from that area you know, back or towards us, but it was shifting around a bit, you know, might've moved a, a foot forward, look back, but not really too much. And there was a tree there where we were watching it and it was to the side of it a little bit. And then it was all over a little bit more towards the other side. We all seen it moving around, but it was moving very slow, but it definitely, there was movement to it. And they're convinced it was a ghost. And I don't know, that one goes under the, like, I think if you were in a grand jury testifying, I don't think that's enough to the judge to say, well, or the jury to decide that it was a ghost. I mean, we seen something, right. but it didn't make any sense. The hour of night, there's no houses around within, you know, what, a mile and a half or something. I mean, it's a good drive for many houses. It's just like out in the middle of nowhere. And I don't even think they really use that graveyard much. It just was very peculiar. Now, if it was a ghost, a ghost looks just like a person. I mean, I had always visioned a ghost like, you know, you could see through it and it would be like very eerie. And But this just looked like some guy, you know, it, you could see it was a man. It wasn't a woman or anything. It had like manly, a stocky body to it. And, and like, it looked like it had like hair, you know, like just a man's haircut and he just was shifting back and forth and it was really strange and it was actually if you go back there there were graves in there so i mean he was towards the end of the graveyard so if it was a guy walking his dog i don't understand because there's nothing back there that the woods why he'd be back through the woods walking his dog at the graveyard and if where this dog came from and where the dog went i have no idea the dog went the other way. The dog came out of nowhere and just went the other way. I mean, and it was, like I said, it was dark. It was one of the scariest things I ever seen. We're watching this and we're getting freaked out. And then we see this white thing. You couldn't make out what it was. And like I said, me and that Brian were next to each other and we just completely lost it, screamed and like did the classic like Scooby Shaggy do, you know, grabbing each other, like <laughs> like girls, you know, <laughs> yeah. oh. Oh, they, we heard about that all night. I'm, thank goodness that Brian was so scared. He didn't even realize I screamed 
And I heard that all night at Kings. He's like, well, he goes, you scream like a woman. He's like, my <laughs> goodness. He's like, you go out there and act like that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> Meanwhile, I, you know, somebody was going to jump out of their socks. I would have done it that night because man, but yeah, it was weird. This dog came out of nowhere. And there was nothing on the dog. There wasn't any chains. There wasn't any collars or anything like that. He, he was very friendly. He was a big dog. And he, he let us pet it, and then he took off, and he went the other way. Just away from that guy, away from us. Completely a different direction. I have no idea. He never came back. And where he came from is beyond me. That's interesting, man. That is definitely an interesting story with uh, just the different activity you had in that graveyard and then leading up to, you know, seeing this figure. I mean, not all ghosts are see-through. I mean, there's a lot of people that have seen things where they swear it was a real person and they've even communicated with it and then it's just gone and things like that. So, I mean, there's different scenarios and stuff. uh, But, you know, what you experienced in there and stuff, I mean, one thing that I find you know, peculiar is if it was just a dude, uh, I think most dudes would either run away or yell out or be like, you know, something when, when you're getting aggressive to towards them in the middle of the night yeah. in a graveyard. I mean, that's not like you're in a playground at noon on a Sunday and it's just like, you know, yeah. whatever. I mean, it's a, a situation where you would expect some kind of reaction. Uh, and so that's odd. And then yeah. the, the idea of whatever it was that hit the, the vehicle, because um, I mean, I, I grew grew up out in the country and and, and I'm, I know you have too. And it's like, you hear stories of where deer actually do run into cars. I mean, it's like they, they just, for whatever reason, I, my friend in high school had that happen. He's driving down the road and the, he didn't hit the deer. The deer hit him. Like the deer literally ran into the car. Yeah. But usually every time I've heard that happening, the deer dies. Like, I mean, <laughs> they break their neck or something. And, and for the fact that yeah. it caused so much damage and, it ran away is odd. And then, I mean, I, I guess you could probably be seeing, you know, like when you, when you like say it was a buck, I mean, uh, yeah. If it's moving so fast, it might've seemed like the horns were bent back like a ram. That to me, that's kind of what it looked like. And, and when he said, he said, it, it was, that wasn't a deer. That was something else. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was like a buck or something. Uh, we, he looked at his car. We didn't see any blood. When it was, we, there was a little bit of hair. There was like a crack in it. There was a little bit of hair by the Thunderwell on the back side of his van because it was all cracked. The paint, there was a little bit of hair. like looked like deer hair, but I mean, that's all. It was no blood or anything. And he was past it, and the deer kind of just sat there and popped up and took off. It was fine. If that's what it was, but I mean, it happened so fast that it, it, it was big. It was a big deer. I don't remember ever seeing anything like that, you know, that big of a deer. We tried to get it out of, you know, my dad does auto body stuff and we tried to get it out. And it was, it was pretty smashed in. <laughs> so he ended up getting another vehicle down the road. Yeah. I, I imagine. I mean, there's, those things do a lot of damage and they're not just these tiny little creatures. They're, they're hundreds of pounds. So, um, but yeah, yeah man, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing these stories. It's been, uh, interesting for sure especially hearing the different things that you saw at the house and then the the graveyards just and they're they're spooky in general you know what i mean so (laughs) but i appreciate you you sharing them man yeah no no problem i enjoy being on i i hope it 
I hope it was entertaining. I hope I didn't ramble too much or anything. No, you you don't have to worry about that, man. Uh, people tune in to hear the guests speak more than me. So yeah. the the more you share, the better it is for the audience to listen to. So, uh, but I, yeah, I definitely appreciate it, man. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's for sure, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, you know what to do. Take the link to this episode right now and share it around social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I don't care where. Email. If you enjoyed this show, the best way you can help support the show is by sharing it with your friends. So thank you very much for doing that in advance. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. Bye. me every day to think you're moving on you know I'm not afraid to say where I went wrong you lost that feeling I can't believe it you've come down I'm tired of guessing where you went missing but somehow I see you everywhere in the lonely hours Yeah, I see you everywhere in the lonely hours My broken body's calling out for your mercy Don't leave me agitated, just feed me This house Keep calling out your name Just give me something strong To take away this pain I wake up shaking There's no mistaking I've come down I'm tired of guessing Where you went missing But somehow